Hello, everyone. Welcome to another Nudecast. It's uh, It's been a while since uh, we've done one, but today we're back and we're here with Sonia Tesler. Yeah, hi. Um, in the nude. In the nude. <laughs> Not in the nude. Please don't, like, please don't get any ideas. In any case, um, Sonia is a curator and a musician from Budapest. Um, she's based in London. Um, and she's the co-director of the Wells Projects, among, yeah. you know, doing other interesting things. Um, she's picked five mm. songs for us to listen to today yeah. um, by Ian Wood, Magna Cum Laude, Johannes Brahms, Bobby Womack and Tom Jones. The best one. Um, <laughs> the best one. <laughs> uh, but yeah, do you want to just like introduce yourself a little bit, you know, talk about yeah um, sure so um hi i um yeah i'm from hungary um moved to london about five years ago um and even though my accent doesn't sound like any of those things um but i sort of got it from youtube videos so great uh yeah but um yeah, so I, I'm, a, I'm a curator at Wells Projects, um, and by curator I sort of mostly mean writing, work, and talking, um, and then, uh, yeah, I also work at this um, amazing nonprofit Kunstrom, around Old Street, so check it out if you're around there, um, and yeah. Over to me? Over to you. Okay, so you've got a song here by Ian Woods. It's called Young Wild Things. Yes. Um, I mean, very beautiful face here. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to play that to get us started. Cool. Ian is uh, an amazing friend of mine, and he has this um, sort of persona, um, musician persona, which is also why his face is so sleek, but... Um, it's his sort of super plastic uh, artist persona, but he makes these really poppy tunes and they're amazing. And you could hear his voice in the Tate Britain um, Mark Leckie commission because oh, he was, damn. yeah, he was in the tunnel there. It was ba all based like under the bridge or something was the vibe, but um, yeah, so he's, he's an amazing dancer, musician, and yeah, just like pop magic really. Okay, cool. But, yeah. So your co-director at the Wells Projects, what does that, what do you mean? It's a, it's a not-for-profit space. I think you guys got arts yeah. counseling for um, a couple of the ex more recent yeah, we Yeah, we had the first, uh, our first funding um, for one group show that we did, but we started the whole thing just like from our own pockets, but it's, um, and it's, at you this, and uh, it's it, me and my partner, Charlie, yeah. who's the founder, official founder. And he's a painter, um, great and guy. general manager. Yeah, great awesome. guy. <laughs> Actually, Chloe here um, got us together. So yeah, anyway, <laughs> we don't need to talk about that. But yeah, so you guys at the Wells, um, it's a guardianship, from what I understand. Yes. Like the space is a guardianship. Yeah, guardianships. For those of you guys who don't know, they're sort of legal squats. So uh, squatting was sort of all over London um, until a couple of years ago when laws came down on it. So. Now they have all these like massive properties, which, you know, the Wales Projects we run in an abandoned nightclub. It's around South London. And I live next door, which is an abandoned pub. But there were all sort of these hippie communes before. And now, you know, they introduced ownership and magical things like that. But we pay minimal rent for minimal maintenance of the building. Mm. Um, yeah. So like previous, previous conversations we've had, you were quite like, um, 
in a way passionate about exploring different types of like exhibition formats and <clears throat> obviously like the Wells projects is in the space yeah. that is the traditional white cube kind yeah, of yeah exactly um, kind it, of environment so what is it uh, what is like putting up an exhibition there in compass of and you know what kind of vibe are you trying to bring to because i'm sure you guys have aspirations with this project as much as like yeah anything. um we started <clears throat> it not long ago last april really in a more coherent form and um the space looks crazy i mean it looks sort of this like sort of fetish club um with these mythological sculptures and you know with the bar is still intact and basically the exhibition space is on the former dance floor so it's a space that lends itself really well to like weird shit going down um so we sort of got to the conclusion that we got funding for this group exhibition which is great um but it was sort of a more classical format for an exhibition. It was sort of our, our way of proving to ourselves that we could do it like the professional way. Mm. Um, so we got the funding and we were experimenting with like, you know, reporting to Arts Council and everything like that. There's a lot of admin involved. And we just wanted to put on sort of like a more traditional show. But with the new year, we um, talked a lot with Charlie and we were like, actually, this is the kind of space where um, all kinds of people can come together and like and have fun mm. um, have a party and have discussions with each other yeah. um, that are not just like in the specific art in a specific art scene so um, for example we have a lot more collaborations planned around overlaps with theater overlaps with music you've which... already done like um, I came to one of the performances a couple of months ago which was with the fashion, um, fashion, yeah. the fashion students. So that was, was a, great. Yeah, so that was um, that, that was, was using basically, you know, big music festivals have a lot of waste, yeah. particularly with, um, say, tents and stuff. And yes. the two people that were performing were basically reusing these yeah. materials, which was a really interesting co concept, yeah. I think. So that was one of my, like, most... I was really content after that exhibition, and I think that's sort of the format that I want to proliferate instead of just just objects on a wall kind of thing because um, mm -hmm. it was collaborative it was bringing a visual artist um, Alex Lewis together who's at the RCA now a painter um, and Amber Kim who was the fashion designer who does the who does this whole collection um, yeah. out of festival waste mm -hmm. and then like two dancers so it was this like collaborative thing and like it's obviously a very theatrical place so um, it was great to see performance in there like live events in that place are amazing and I feel like you know because it was for that like people used to come there to do something like to you know to dance to like escape basically yeah. so like i would love to recreate that sort of vibe more in future things instead of it just being this like um uh you know part of like only one scene so I would. would you so would you be like interested in and actually really interesting you mentioned that because i've seen your work with unit um, uh, 31 unit yeah 31 um but in terms of that was that like uh, a way for you or a reason for you to maybe look at into incorporating more performance art more ephemeral art Definitely. in a way because performance art yeah. unless it's like properly documented is essentially an yeah. ephemeral kind of feeling or live you know, art yeah yeah live art is that something that you want to kind of yeah definitely because i feel like it's also you know it's it's an art form that um is really not specific to just the art world you know um, cause it's music, mm -hmm. it's theater, it's, um, comedy, yeah. really, it's poetry. Yeah. 
it has so many forms that allow for a more democratic like crowd and like understanding. So um, yeah, I would love to have some little crossovers. Like a project I'm really, really excited about is a collaboration with a dear Hungarian friend of mine who's now an apprentice at the Young Wick Theater here in London and she's gonna found her own sort of theater company. And they have this sort of coming of age, hyper femme teenager play okay. plan that cool. we plan on commissioning artists to make the props for. So it's basically the setting is going to be this um, almost like an exhibition setting, right. but it's hyper collaborative, and it also it's also new work. Like I love the idea of commissioning new yeah, new work, same, and I same. love to I apply really, for funding for it as it's well. It's really important. I feel that yeah. you guys mostly work with emerging artists who. Yeah. I think is what more of what London needs. But since yeah. you mentioned your Hungarian friend, this is uh, uh, oh, a yeah, song. Song. I have no idea what this person <laughs> is saying, but I'm quite curious about your, you know, what is what is like the story behind this choice? If there is one, if there's yeah. not one, then it's all good, and we can just like yeah. This is my go-to. It's pronounced a Videkishanzon, and it means like. A sort of it's a countryside chanson like ballad mm. it's this really sort of bucolic like really naive little song like hyper simple yeah and it's my go-to like escapist slash like disassociative song when i'm like going through some shit so like literally after like yeah. every breakup and like this is my go-to song to just like it's almost has a like country song quality where it's singing okay. about really simple things and it sort of helps you uh, it's not like a sad song that you can cry to, but it sort of helps you like dissociate. So this is my go-to like crying song. Okay. As weird as that uh, well, the, the, might the, seem. The, the, I mean, I cry to Walk On By by Isaac Hayes all the time. Yeah, it's so. like my go-to <laughs> like yeah. breakup like song. Um, yeah. But going off on that tangent of like music, I want to talk a little bit about your unit 31 stuff. Which is perfect timing. Which is perfect timing <laughs> because uh, this is the string sextet number two in G major. Yeah. Um, by Johannes Brahms. And I think yeah. it holds a special place in your heart for um, this project that you worked on. Firstly, what is Unit 31? You know, how did you get involved with them? Yeah. Um, um, Unit 31 is, was now actually, sadly, uh, an amazing independent music venue slash community really around uh, Limehouse um, mm. in a commercial unit there where the big studios are, artist studios are. And they've been forming their like sort of musical community, very diverse musical community. So they host, you know, classical like chamber music gigs like this song um, or piece, um, jazz gigs, um, everything from hip hop to experimental stuff to, mm. you know, jam sessions. And um, they've been around for about two, three years, but um, they have an amazing family like community. And it's basically much like the Wells Projects, these couple of guys built it and run it from their house. So yeah. it's like a warehouse setting, but it's at their house. Yeah. Um, so I got involved with them through a friend and they wanted to put on some art exhibitions with especially chamber music and jazz. So this is something that I've been like preaching about in like the past few minutes, but it was like putting on this specific song um, was the first exhibition that I, I, I put um, up with them with, with my painter friend, Ben Deacon. Um, who was sort of whose whose work sort of like the exhibition itself was in dialogue with a song, mm. um, and it was just like the most inspiring for me, like as a curator, but also just like um, as any creative in London to have an event where um, you know musicians and fans of music 
uh, came together with um, art people and like both. So like it's full on chamber music. So it's like a 40 minute piece or something and people yeah. have to sit in for 40 minutes and listen to the band playing. So it's yeah. not like it's background music for the art, which yeah, I yeah. found really important because, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, both exhibition, they were in the same space like physically, but both of them really got their respective like zones for attention, That's which I great. think is really good. And that's just like, yeah, that was really inspiring. Like, you know, people coming together and like having different conversations, like artists having to talk about music or, you know, talking about music with and professionals. I think do you think it's quite rare that, because obviously like the broader term of the arts encompasses like, you know, art, visual, visual mm. arts, theater, you know, spoken word poetry, yeah. the, um, you know, music. Yeah. And it's quite, it's quite rare, I feel at least from my experience of, the city that all of these mm. all of these kind of you know disciplines within culture and within the arts the people that you know that make mm. up the, the different communities that exist around London don't often mm. come together as often yeah. as you might have as you might have expected um yeah, so I was really definitely. wondering like was the mm. was the vibe like different when you saw like these two different communities like come together to enjoy something that was made by both yeah it was just very it was just very like dynamic and like interesting you know because <laughs> if for those of you who are in the magical world of arts know uh, <laughs> when you go to an opening it's sort of a repetitive like uh you know it sort of runs on protocol like you go to socialize but you sort of know who you're gonna meet and exactly what questions you're gonna ask and mm. you know it's just sort of like um social event almost it's yeah. not really about mm, well i'm well i would maybe controversially say that the opening itself is not necessarily about the art. art. Yeah. Engaging with art is more think, of a social event. I don't you know? think that's controversial uh, yeah. at all. You know, like I had someone like message me the other day. Oh, I'm going to like the white cube opening tonight. And I'm like, do you want to meet up? Yeah. And I was, well, actually, no, I was like, why would you do that? Well, actually, <laughs> no why offense, would... guys, <laughs> you could stand in the queue for three hours outside. <laughs> yeah. Um, um, like drinking free Peroni, but yeah, I, I think, um, I think the broader term here was that, you know, a lot of people that go to these art exclusive, like visual art openings, yeah. expect a lot of like networking to take place, mm. which is a word that I personally hate. Well, it's a framework for networking, which yeah. is yeah, sort of what I mean about it being like this very uptight, uptight social zone. Like that's yeah. sort of what I mean. So when you introduced, <clears throat> when you did it at Unit unit 31 and then you got yeah this, it, it was a lot different it was a lot more open it was more sincere well yeah it was it was word? definitely more because i mean now that you talk about openings or we're talking about opening it's, it's funny because um it's a very different expectation and i love uh sort of fucking with people's expectation in that way because the people that came to like an art opening because it was advertised as an art opening right yeah. like we sent out like a mailing list and yeah. all that jazz but um people coming in and opening it expect a really different sort of, you know, that was like a proper musical It was a program. Interlude. Yeah, yeah it was like course. a proper um, uh, program, but they also sort of expected like free booze. It wasn't free booze because it's a venue and they need to sustain themselves. So yeah. like, you know, whereas the art world runs on this notion of like exclusivity and VIP things, like, you know, a lot of my friends that are not in the arts would presume that a gallery opening is actually exclusive, whereas it's technically not like anyone can walk in yeah. you know what i mean but you yeah. don't think you can go in because it has that 
scene around it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for someone who's not in the arts would think, oh, shit, like, there's free booze, but I don't think I can go in because I don't really belong in that crowd. Yes, or maybe it takes a lot of guts to just, like, go on your own. In a, yeah, in a yeah, way. exactly. And and it runs on that idea because otherwise everyone would go and drink all the booze, so... I mean, that's what um, happens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. personally guilty of just showing up to uh, yeah. art openings because there's free booze. Yeah, exactly. Even if I'm serving it. But know? imagine if, like, everyone, you know, uh, everyone in London knew that then everyone would instead of going to spoons just would just, just hit these openings in, yeah. yeah so yeah it was funny because um people are expecting you know like a free booze and sort of like a um it's a very very laid-back setting it's a warehouse setting um where but they you, do raves as well so you, like it's definitely not a white cube setting um but and you mentioned that they've they've you know they've shut their doors it was now, yeah, which, yeah yeah <laughs> so i mean which is, is the that, faith of uh, I think all, all of us. Maybe. I mean, maybe. Wow. See, that's <laughs> okay. So that's what I. That's what I want to dig into here. <clears throat> like that. I feel like the, you know, London right now is becoming incredibly unsustainable for people trying to do something that's a little bit different that doesn't have like, big money yeah. behind it. And, yeah. um, you know, I myself haven't been to Unit Thirty One, but I've been to the Wells projects yeah. and. Um, I can't imagine where, you know, where the difficulties start with, like, maintaining a space like that and being able yeah. to keep on going when, you know, at the end of the day, you're doing it, you know, because you love it and perhaps there's no way to make profit out of it. So, I mean, I guess yeah. what I'm trying to say here is that I really admire, mm. you know, I admire people like you and I admire people like, you know, people that have or had spaces like Unit 31. And I think it's really important yeah. to kind of keep that ethos no matter how <clears throat> difficult it is yeah know? and they're all such passion projects you know i mean they're um it's all because of like you know there's a lack of space and like basically guardianships um we're also waiting for the house to be like developed and eventually knocked down so like we know that that's not going to be there and it was a similar case with unit 31 or like literally all like a lot of spaces that i know that have some have been around for ages galleries studios but <laughs> they have still like found that one like breaking clause in their contract when they're like you know like they're getting um, get out <laughs> yeah they're getting kicked out and yeah. these are places with like you know very strong communities like neighborhood communities like intact that are very much tied to the space mm. so you know as much as i like to say that like oh yeah like once you form a community once you have an audience like you can sort of go everywhere but I don't know. It's sort of it sort of is that like local specific on like a micro level, and on that, and in some ways that's really good because you're like engaging with your neighborhood around you, and like yeah, so it's local, you know, and it's tied to that place. Like Unit Thirty One, for example, like it, the boys that started it like built it to be a perfect like sound wise and everything. They like rebuilt the whole thing. It's like such a you know, it's their baby and stuff. Yeah. Um, so you can't just like recreate it anywhere or you can't do it sporadically where you know you like do um, nomadic uh, gigs and places because it's not the same it's not the vibe. same as having like the space so, and everything yeah 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 space. but did, you, did <clears throat> these guys would they think of like you know finding another space that's yeah i mean perhaps i think called like yeah. unit 31 and then yeah can continue or would you think they would completely adopt like a different or even like i don't know because obviously like the situation with all guardianships is quite precarious let alone yes. for it to to be running an arts um an arts organization or project out of it as well would that you know if it was to move on would you still keep like the 
original type of ethos to it name and would yeah would i mean they, i think would also would also the guys who have mm. unit unit 31 do you think is that something that they would then try to make it more nomadic because mm. it's really interesting at least for me and from like what i've seen from your cv f- mm. for example like that and in general from people in in the art world the you know, we tend to go to places, we tend to move around a lot, we tend to want to experience, like, yeah. different things constantly. Yeah. And I'm just wondering, why can't we adopt that to a sustainable kind of curatorial practice that right. we can just, like, go with in any in any case? It just feels yeah, like I mean. sometimes things, we, we want them to, like, feel rooted, and we end up feeling rooted, but then... Mm once like even though we know that we shouldn't be feeling rooted Mm. so i'm just wondering how you you know as a curator Mm -hmm. is able to kind of i guess come to terms with these two very different you know realities and how you can like keep going essentially and you know keep grinding Mm. down especially in a city like london you know Yeah, well, yeah, I feel like it takes, like, a lot of, sort of, contemplation or whatever to actually figure out, like, to not get caught up in the grind, Mm. like you said, and just roll with things, but actually, like, remain mindful about why you started it in the first place or what you're really interested in, Um, because of, like, you know, be that financial reasons or just, like, really social reasons like if everybody around you is um prioritizing the same kind of trajectory like you know what i mean like uh the same types of jobs or like you're within a certain scene Mm. uh, then you start have like your system of values is like very hugely influenced by that yeah so i think you know it's challenging to remain like in touch with yourself and like why you started in the first place and i think that's also why like turning back to like what i was talking about in the beginning it's like it's really crucial that you surround yourself with different kinds of people yeah um because it just like you, yeah it just really gr- grounds you in like a um in like a kind of practice that remains more truthful to what you really want to do like yeah. i think you should just figure it out you know and just roll with it because um and we were talking about this the other day like in the end of the day i don't think that if you do something disingenuously is going to be very good yeah that's true like you know I, I tried applying for a lot of mayfair jobs or like commercial gallery jobs um that would have involved me you know drafting instagram posts nine hours a day but and i would have probably gotten away with pretending that i wanted to do that for a yeah. while but i know I, I wouldn't really like i would have a lot of anxiety doing it because i would always have like the imposter syndrome which by the way i think that everybody know, has everybody has yeah. it but it's also because they don't maybe don't really want to be doing the what they're doing or they feel like they're stuck in it in a way. yeah yeah so yeah so for you i think and correct me if i'm wrong you love to collaborate you love yeah. to support like independent kind of collectives i mean even to to a sense i feel like the you know wells projects is it's created this community and sort of almost like you know feels almost grassroots yeah Which, like idea. can also like lead me into my next point that you've also worked with certain 
grassroots residencies. Yeah. One specifically, and please correct my um, <laughs> German my pronunciation in German if I'm wrong. Uh, Grabozie, which is a grassroots residency in Berlin. Yeah. Um, um, and I mean, you <clears throat> graciously invited me to attend this year. I think it's in August for a month in August. Oh yes. And Berlin yes. is beautiful in the August. Unfortunately, I could not attend. Yeah. But I mean, so I'm guessing that, and you've been. It, well, this is the first year that you did it. Uh, well, yeah, last year. So last it was like last year. August. Last year. Um, yeah. And it was the first time. So like, it's uh, it's the uh, child of amazing artist painter making things happen person Alice Mori who's um, a friend of mine and also a friend of yours mm-hmm. um, and this other guy Philip don't know the second name <laughs> basically they started it and Grabazi is like very similar in idea it's sort of this huge it's outside of Berlin it's like an hour outside of Berlin it's um, in this huge abandoned hospital and surrounding sort of property campsite mm. Grabazi itself is a lake um, so it's by this lake and it's this massive um, abandoned hospital basically and uh, yeah Alice and Phillips started it as like a very much like yeah a grassroots community based idea it's a residency where people come together and work organically for about 10 days cook together camp together you build structures like you guys build an actual house from what I had seen like yeah, sometimes. I mean, it's very and... it's very collaborative and it's very sort of spontaneous in that way. So people come together there and then they might find ways of, you know, working together or working with a site. Like it's hypersite specific, obviously. Yeah. But it, every year it's really, really different. But it's all about being, you know, it's mostly self-financed, mm. but it's all about... Yeah, same idea of, of people coming together from very, very different so backgrounds. Like definitely music. A, yeah. Uh, you know, this like it was the first time this last year, so like the previous one that I participated in where it was actually uh, separate music and arts um, application process, even though they did collaborate in the end, of course, but like what I mean is like so many people that are actually mu- musical applied mm. for like music projects which was amazing and so that's where you draw this kind of different yeah. disciplines did yeah. you listen to the song whilst you were there it's california dreaming by bobby womack i think yeah you're particularly you particularly love this song from yes our, our conversation prior to the interview it's a uh, uh my favorite song of all time basically hence including it but it doesn't really have a story i mean it's just uh, it's actually uh, the the first time I heard it is from this amazing British movie called Fish Tank. I don't know if you've seen oh, I've it. I've seen Fish Tank. It is so good. The one with Michael Fass. And it's his Fass favorite Bernie. song in the movie. Yeah. And he plays it in the it's on the radio. Such a good and film. I'm like, it's an amazing movie. Like, yeah, it's it's a really really not one of those that cause you like anxiety. Yes. Not one of those like Hollywood films that cause you anxiety. No, it's okay. just like it's just very negative throughout. Really. Okay. Yeah. I mean. Uh, yeah. But it's a great um, film in any case. Yeah, so I, I I heard it there, and like since then I've just been it's like my go-to song. So yeah. yeah. So it's just quite nice that you have all of these experiences and you meet so many people, and you're able to draw from that and bring it back into your own practice. Yeah. Which I think is key. But what are the next steps? What are like <clears throat> your next steps? I think. Um. You mentioned because you mentioned that you're getting arts council funding for a couple of more projects at the Wells. Do you want to just? Talk a little bit about, you know, yeah. in the next couple of months, perhaps, if you don't want to disclose anything, but... Yeah, well, I mean, like, very sort of vaguely said, um, we really want to run with this idea of it's not really about these different, you know, disciplines or um, scenes, but it's more about the people 
and the projects that we want to work with. Uh, so it's going to be very collaborative. And uh, we're going to apply for like an umbrella funding that we will probably or hopefully get um, for like the next three projects that involve food. Yay. Everybody loves food. I'll it's like one of my favorite. Yeah, like yeah. A massive feast. And it's also quite big right now. Yes, idea, I know. Because it brings so many cultures. Not necessarily it. done in the right way, but, I would say. Okay. But we're going to do it the right way. Okay. Um, so food, theater, music. I'm going to invite the Unit 31 guys to do a thing with us because mm. they just lost their space so mm. um so yeah a Next lot of, of exciting things in the pipeline okay so um, i think we're this is the last song this we're closing with tom yeah we're closing who's with tom the Jones. main inspiration so i'm gonna give you this <laughs> i'm gonna give you this tablet and i want you to draw on it <clears throat> and just like tell me about you know right you know. <clears throat> yeah so a couple of months ago i sort of stumbled upon like Tom Jones's oeuvre. Great. Um, and, and it's something that I listened to a lot when I was younger. You know, he was really popular. He still is sort of the, one of the, like, the darlings of, of British music. And he has an excuse for some reason because he's sort of like a... He's a lovely man and he's been around forever and everybody loves Tom Jones, but... You know, um, I saw him play live at the top of, like, Greenwich Park. Wow. Like, he was playing right opposite. I, just got, <laughs> I got to see a free Tom Jones, like, concert, like, two years ago, which was great. But, yeah, you yeah. were saying... Um, I mean, he is great, but if you look at his lyrics, like, I'm not really sure at this point which year this is from, but this particular song, She's a Lady, to quote you some of the lyrics, like... She... How does it go? Basically, they're incredibly sexist, and they're singing about this, like, ideal woman. The video for this, which I would recommend everyone to watch, is um, this villa mansion filled with women in lingerie, and this one guy walking around in a suit, and it's like this uh, sex mansion filled with models in lingerie that are, like, catering to all these, or fondling all these men in suits. Yeah. Uh, and... Some of the lines of this song is like going right now, so it's hard to like remember what they are, but it's basically like, um, uh, she never asks very much, um, and I, and I would never abuse her, like, thank you. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. some lines of the songs are just like obnoxiously sexist, yeah. um, to almost an endearing level. That well, says back. a lot about our time. I mean, like, this is, isn't really an old song. And, like, you know, he sometimes gets away with it. You don't really see him involved in any of the Me Too things. But um, all Tom Jones songs are incredibly sort of problematic to a ridiculous and very funny level. So I would recommend everyone to revisit his lyrics because there's definitely some gems in there. Um, and definitely some uh, material for a, for a parody or, like, spoof to be made. Okay, and I see that um, you're writing something on there. Make me... Make me lunch, yeah. Um, me and my partner, Charlie, uh, actually recreated this song, or, like, started recreating this song, She's a Lady, and this is one of the lo lines. Um, and I think we said, like, um, uh, uh, and I love how she makes lunch, and my God, she takes a punch. She's oh, a blessing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Okay, so we get so, the, we get the vibe. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, I think that's our time here. Thank you so much. Thank for, you. Um, for talking to us all, and um, see you all for the next one. Bye. Bye. Bye.